This is OPI Talk, the voice of the business products industry. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of OPI Talk with me, Andy Braithwaite. And it is my pleasure to welcome on this episode, Trisha Judge. Now, Trisha is the Executive Director, Attorney and Sustainability Officer of the International Imaging Technology Council. That's quite a lot of hats there, Tricia. Good to see you and, and thank you for being on, on this episode of OPI Talk. It is a pleasure to be here, Andy, and uh, happy happy Remand Day. Yeah, that's my title is, is a bit extreme, but I do wear a lot of hats. I've been an advocate and, uh, and the Chief Marketing Officer for the remanufactured cartridge industry now for going on 30 years. Right. Now, you've been at the International RTC for 20 years. I think you were one of the founders of the organization. So congratulations on that that 20-year milestone. Thank you. And you are a former attorney at law and executive editor of Recharger magazine, no less. Yes, yes. A lot of experience in the imaging supplies channel. That would be correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. Now, you mentioned at the start, Reband Day, and that's partly why, why, why we're doing this podcast is to, is to talk a little, a little bit about that. So just in case listeners don't, don't realise, the, uh, the 14th of April 2022 is Global Reband Day. Now, this is a worldwide initiative to promote and raise awareness of the remanufacturing industry. Is that correct? That is correct. The Remand Day was started back in 2017 by the Remanufacturing Industries Council. The Remanufacturing Industries Council is the body, um, it's based at RIT in Rochester, New York, that uh, brings together all of the remanufacturing industries. And, you know, some remanufacturing uh, companies like Caterpillar and John Deere are massive and they have to reman their their huge industrial equipment you know, where it is because you can't exactly fly it back and forth like you can a cartridge. Yeah. But uh, so there are several huge conglomerates in it. But part of the RIC is also the Remanufacturing Association Alliance, of which ITC is a part. And that's a group of association directors in all the remanufacturing industries. So we have an, a number from the automotive industry, medical device reprocessors, production engines, and even aeronautic equipment. Mm. So you can remanufacture everything from a little inkjet cartridge on up to an airplane. And it, it represents a lot of environmental impact and a lot of jobs. So I'm very proud to be a part of this group. And one of the things that we've done is to obtain proclamations from the state and local governments proclaiming April 14th as Remand Day. And um, I'm pleased to report that uh, my home city of Las Vegas gave a proclamation, as did North Las Vegas. And we're real close to getting the state of Nevada, but uh, they, they want Hey, let's face it. They got Yucca Mountain. They they like trash. I don't know. <laughs> so, so yeah. So so is is Remand Day? Is it g- gaining traction not just in the U.S. but uh, globally? 
Absolutely. There have been efforts and events planned in, I think, about 80 countries around the world. Uh, there was one in uh, Chechnya a couple of years ago. Mm. Before the pandemic hit, we were we were really catching fire, but we're, we're gaining speed again. Uh, I'm here in Chicago for a, a big event that's going to be with Caterpillar and the Automotive Parts Association. Mm. And of course, of course, Clover Imaging is here. So yeah. I've got some of my friends from Clover coming with me and we're going to celebrate Remand Day and learn more about, um, you know, sort of a meet and greet kind of cross yeah. crossing our various industries and educating each other. So that'll be fun. Okay, sounds sounds good. Now, how, how do imaging supplies fit into the the overall equation of, of, of Remand Day and remanufacturing in, in general? You've just mentioned some some huge industries and conglomerates right. how, how does imaging supplies fit into all that well if you if you realize that you know 375 million ink and toner cartridges are tossed every year into landfills andy that's more than 1 million a day hmm. that's a lot of plastic that's that's going into into landfills i mean it's about 150 million pounds so while while we may be small in size we are large in quantity and it's important to let the consumer know that they have an environmental option. There, there are OEM new cartridges, obviously. They have 80% of the market. And you know, we used to have the other 20 to 25%. But now these new single-use plastic cartridges that are coming in from Asia have just decimated the bottom end of the of the industry. And they're hurting the core supply for the remanufacturers. So uh, we've undertaken a new effort to get a ban on single-use cartridges. And right mm. now, Los Angeles has one. Okay. Los Angeles mm. passed in uh, in April of this, just couple, actually March of this year, a ban on single-use plastics and encouraged the California legislature to make it statewide. And we're looking into similar bans in Montreal, uh, New York, we're we're gaining speed and gaining mm. gaining steam to try yeah. and stem the tide of this crap that can't be reused. Right. Sounds like you have to do that on a on a kind of state by state basis or region by region basis. Is there nothing at the the national level you can go after? Well, actually, there we we do have some um, activity at the national level. Uh, New York Congressman Joe Morelli, who has been a champion for uh, remanufacturing for decades has introduced a bill that would be uh, a national right to repair legislation. Mm. And that is something we're watching very closely. I mean, the right to repair goes hand in hand with, you know, a ban on single use. So we do have a lot of influence and we have fingers in a lot of pies, so to speak, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's hard because the OEMs have put out a lot of propaganda claiming the, the superior, the high road on in, environmental impact, which is just ridiculous. I mean, how can a brand new cartridge be better for the environment than one that's been reused? Uh, common sense tells you that can't be the case. Mm-hmm. So we, we have to fight that propaganda. We have to fight their deep pockets. And it, it really is, there's a lot of skirmishes right now. 
yeah, I was going to I was going to ask you for you know, a kind of bird's eye view of the remanufacturing industry. I think you you partly answered that question already by saying, I think you're being squeezed on both sides, a by the OEMs and b by these new builds coming in. Is, is that a fair assessment? That's a very fair assessment. And recently, uh, the OEMs have been using chips, what they call authentication chips in their cartridges to stop the use of any alternative cartridge. So, you know, and and they do it through these nefarious firmware upgrades. So you can be printing along and doing fine. And then all of a sudden your printer gives you an error message and says, this cartridge is no good, even though it is perfectly good. And sometimes it fails to even authenticate a new OEM cartridge. So between the firmware upgrades, which are insulting to the consumer, and by the way, there, there's a class action lawsuit over this matter that's still pending, but we've got that problem from the OEM along with all of their greenwashing efforts, coupled with the influx of cheap Chinese Asian plastic cartridges that are number one, messing up our core stream, but number two, they, they are not well-made. They've been found actually to have carcinogenic materials mm-hmm. in them. So um, we've engaged with the Department of Energy and the uh, other federal agencies to discuss the problem. And, you know, whenever you're dealing with the government, it's a slow-moving yeah. freight train. Can you, can you lump those new builds all in into one one basket if you like i think there are some reputable and very large companies based in china that uh, that do have a, a good reputation and, and claim that they are you know not infringing copyright and they they're respectful of the manufacturing processes and, and all, on all those things that's correct there are some asian companies that are doing it right and have been doing it right for years i mean i'm thinking of print right you know off the top of my head there, that's the problem. You can never say, oh, you know, completely, this is a bad cartridge. It's a case by case basis. And unfortunately, or, you know, they change up, they change names, they change manufacturing locations and manufacturing styles. But yes, there are some reputable companies and they make reputable products. So that is my, that's it. That's my daily struggle. Yeah. But are, are these products, are they recyclable or, or able to be remanufactured or do they still end up in landfills? I mean, do some of these Chinese brands, do they have their own recycling and remanufacturing programs? Well, again, this it's hard to make a sweeping generalization. I can say that most of them do not and most of them cannot be remanufactured. So you end up with all of these single-use plastic, you know, the 375 million that I mentioned going into landfills. Mm. You know, do they have a recycling program? Not really, not that I've encountered, you know, because they're shipping them over here. So if they're coming overseas, it is not feasible to that for them to take them back. And they really don't seem to care to. Mm. So that's why we say, you know, remanufacturing is the remanufactured cartridges are not just great for the environment, but they're also great for consumer choice and for local jobs because remanufacturing is taking place in, in North America or in Europe. And it's, it's providing local communities with a source of commerce. Yeah. What's the sticking point? Because the message 
is a good one, isn't it, to buy remanufactured products? Is it because they are more expensive? I, I know that uh, Aster, one of, one of the Chinese manufacturers, is is a, preparing to launch an IPO in the US shortly, and I've read their prospectus, and their argument is that remanufactured cartridges are simply too expensive and they're, they're filling demand for cheaper products. So is price the, the main sticking point? Unfortunately, I believe it is. Mm. It is. It's price because, you know, but then if you, how can you possibly land a cartridge for $7 US that has been properly manufactured to spec, properly vetted for intellectual property concerns and properly packaged and trademarked and, and, and have the proper chip technology in it. It's impossible. It, the, the, so when, you know, the old saying, you, you get what you pay for. I don't know what the failure rate on these products are. I do know that I wouldn't put an Asian cartridge cheap cartridge in my printer because that cartridge is heated to 180 degrees and if it's got something foul in the plastic that can poison me i don't want it in my house or in my office so i think it's a matter of educating consumers to these issues Hmm. but it's also a matter of knowing your partner very well and it's so much easier to know Clover Technologies or American Laser products out of Wisconsin than it is to know Aster or any of the foreign companies. Mm. So, and there's a lot to be said for buying local. Sure, and that's a that's a strong movement which we've seen you know, increase with, with the pandemic as well, haven't we? Yes, we sure have. Yeah. Okay. What what would you like the OEMs to do? Or, or, or not to do. That's more like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's because the OEMs are going to do what what they do. I mean, back in the '90s, Hewlett Packard's position was that you know while they would compete on technological bases and on features, they would not interfere with legitimate remanufacturing. That tune has changed. They've become much more aggressive, as I said, with the firmware updates. And with their greenwashing efforts and their Amplify programs, I wish that they would tell the, cu- the customer the truth. You know, this, this nonsense of saying that the customer was notified in little tiny fine print that the cartridge might fail, another cartridge might fail if they choose to use other than OEM. Mm. That's just nonsense. Be honest with your consumer and compete with us on a legitimate playing field. Yeah. My understanding is that they have programs where the buyer goes in, pays a higher price for the printer, but then has a choice of the consumables, or they pay a very cheap price for the printer, but they know that then they are locked into using HP Originals. Are you saying that they're not communicating that properly? Well, actually, I'm talking more about the firmware updates, but, okay. but what you're talking about is, is your basic tying arrangement. And yes, that, that's, that's a choice that a consumer can make. And I hope that they will do the math and see that paying a little bit more for the printer makes a lot more sense than paying dearly for the supplies over the lifetime of the printer. Yeah, I don't necessarily want to single out 
HP on this podcast, but is, is it uh, you know, a broader issue with, with OEMs? Well, it is a broader issue, and Hewlett-Packard is also an easy target because they're so big. Mm. Um, but they've all, at one time or another, had their their fun and games. I mean, Epson was particularly aggressive in the international trade court, and you know, Canon likewise, protecting their intellectual property and getting general exclusion orders. Mm. That that's legitimate, and we applaud that. Yeah. What what is what is unfair is is the lockouts that are done through either contractual or or through technological means that leave the consumer unable to use an environmentally preferable choice yeah what's stopping the OEMs from w- working with recycling remanufacturing partners to remanufacture their own cartridges and then label them as X brand original remanufactured product Absolutely nothing. I would applaud that. I would welcome that. I mean, in other industries, they work together, the OEMs and the remanufacturers. The automotive industry is a clear example. The big manufacturers have worked for years with remanufacturing institutes as well as companies to try and come up with better solutions for you know everybody. A rising tide lifts all boats, so to speak. But uh, not in our industry. It's been war ever since it was founded. Right. I guess you probably look more closely in this. You kind of follow follow the money, as the say saying yeah. goes. So I, I presume that's not financially viable for whoever's involved. It's all about you know it, they elected a razor and blade strategy from the outset. We're going to give you the razor for very cheap, mm. for a few dollars, and we're going to charge you big time for the blades. And that strategy was what made the remanufacturing industry possible in the first place, because we had that huge margin within which to work. But, uh, and now that they can't really back away from that strategy very conveniently. um, I think Epson with its endless ink tanks and a couple of them are are trying But it would be wonderful if, if we could have, a, you know, coming together and a discussion about open remanufacturing. That would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm surprised that that hasn't happened. But hey, who, who am I to, to talk about that? Attempts have been made mm. over the years. Some forward thinking OEM representatives have discussed it, but it, mm. it never took traction and never left the tarmac. Right. Okay. What do you think it's going to take to, to really move the needle for the remanufacturing industry in, in imaging supplies? Is it, is it going to be legislation, basically? Well, I think legislation will help. I think uh, consumer awareness, as I said, is important. I do believe the, the environmental message that we have is profound and that people are now open to it. I think that it's it's going to take a concerted effort, though, and and we've got to uh, we've got to survive. We used to have thirty percent of the industry of the marketplace. Now we're down to five. Mm. I I just want to see us survive. Okay, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the European market, but there have been some developments there in recent weeks with this voluntary agreement for the imaging equipment industry, which was rejected by the. EU Commission. So it looks like there's going to be legislation coming into force that may take 
several years for, for that to for that to happen. But it looks like it's going to be stricter requirements for remanufactured and you know, less use of, of single-use plastics in the printing industry. That's that's correct. That's my reading of it too. And Europe's been on the forefront of um, environmental awareness and environmental production for a long time. Now look at Italy. Italy has done a great job of holding Hewlett-Packard accountable as well for, for its some of its greenwashing and for requiring I believe it's 20% of all government uh, tenders have to can mm. have 20% remanufactured cartridge allotment in order to be successful. So that's great. We love seeing that. And what came out of the EU this week is, I guess, good news. I was not familiar with the details of the voluntary agreement, so I can't speak to you know what mm. it might have offered. But whenever they're pushing for more and better environmental conclusions, then I can't see anything but a win. Yeah. Okay. Any, any chance of that, that kind of thing happening in, the, in North America? Yes, I think it could very well happen. I think that uh, people are, are getting tired here of, of you know, wildfires in the summer and floods and droughts, and all of a sudden people are very aware of the environment over here. And it'll take time. It always mm. does. But I do believe that we will see a renaissance for remanufacturing. Well, the cartridge industry anyway, it's already, it's already hugely popular in the other industries. They're growing yeah. a lot. Yeah. That, that figure you mentioned about 375 million cartridges ending up in, in landfills, it is quite, quite a shocking figure, isn't it? Staggering. And that's, you know, a million a day is just, ugh. and, and it's industrial grade plastic, Andy, it's, it's plastic that can't, that doesn't even start to decompose for a thousand years. Mm. We're not talking about something that you can bury in the backyard and it'll be gone in a couple months. These things don't decompose. Mm. Okay, on that, I'm going to say on the, on that note, bit of a sad note, but uh, <laughs> on, on that note, we will. I'll wish you a, a happy happy remand day and uh, have a enjoy your your time in Chicago. Well, thank you. Look forward to hearing hearing some more updates about the remanufactured immune supplies in just industry and um, yeah, remand day and those kinds of initiatives. Thank you, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to uh, share this exciting day with you. Yeah, we're we're very proud of it, and uh, maybe we can meet up again next year. Sounds good, and you never know. Hopefully, the OPI team will be able to get over to the US, and we can meet up in person. I would enjoy seeing them. If you have got this far, then thank you for listening to this episode of OPI Talk. Please check out our website, opi.net, for news, interviews, analysis, and much more from the business products world. We've also got a great app that you can download from the App Store or Google Play. Just search for OPI Magazine. And we hope you will join us again soon for another episode of OPI Talk.